Lord, we just want to thank you for gathering us here. We thank you that you always have uh, such a timely word for us. So it is our uh, prayer that is, this is the last workshop. Um, and lots have been shared and it's just been uh, long days that, Lord, you do quicken our tired bodies, um, that you give us ears and hearts and minds that are still open to you, that we may hear you, um, not just what men has to say, but more importantly and most importantly, what you have to say to us. So we commit this time to you and we ask that the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us into your words. And we pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So, hi, I'm Lawrence. Um, hi. Uh, also the, 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 the most welcoming group. Um, uh, I meet here in Flushing. And um, so, as you know, I won't, I won't quiz you. Um, the, the, other, the younger ones struggled a little bit in terms of what the theme of the conference is. Um, no, the event, they, they eventually got it right that it is being filled with the fullness of God. Um, but what I'll do is I'll give you a backstory of uh, how we came to this theme. Um, and for those of you who are in Flushing, you probably have got some glimpses of this. That it will sound familiar to you. Um, but back in January, when we, were, we started praying for the conference, and we were seeking the Lord you know, regarding what, should, what to be shared, what, what's the theme, um, you know, we have a group of you know, young people, high school mostly, but also the college, right, and then some even older ones. Um, we were praying and sharing, right? And it was interesting how there was such a consistency in what was being brought forward, um, and especially, and especially around, um, I would say, the high schoolers, right? Where, and I'll quote you verbatim what they, what some of them were saying. But the verbatim of it was, you know, people were talking about how to defend our faith as Christians, um, witness and defending our faith, right? Um, how to preach the gospel and share our own experience, um, keeping my testimony strong in this distracting world, and struggling with our identity in this world. Uh, and practical questions that you face in school regarding why you believe what you believe as a Christian, right? And I was asking, actually, the broader group, especially those in high school, uh, if this sounds about right in terms of that's sort of what you're dealing with, what you're going through as well. And all of them pretty much acknowledge that, yeah, that is the reality what we face with. That's a challenge that we face in our daily life. And... You know, even for this group, I would say it's probably not even just a school, but at our workplace, it's very much similar or the same. Um, because now, like I, I'll tell you, like in my workplace, they have these like policies now where you can't even really talk about anything religion related, right? I mean, you 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 will be violating policy if you do that. I mean, it's a little bit crazy like that. Um, so these are real challenges that we 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 face with. Um, but now I shared it with you because I thought it was very interesting, right? How when you hear that these are the things that the branches have brought forward, that you would think that then maybe the Lord is bringing us to a theme of the conference around defending your faith, right? And maybe we'll have some workshops on you know, how, you know figuring out what are the Bible verses and you know having having you know sessions on you know practicing how to answer these tough questions and maybe that would be the case. But I thought it was very interesting that knowing that the Lord in his wisdom 
brought us to the theme of being filled with the fullness of God. As in, the Lord is saying, yes, you don't know what you really need. I know you guys wish that there's a practical step-to-step guide, step-by-step guide on how to answer questions, maybe a cheat sheet on all the Bible verses on you know, how to answer these things. But the Lord is saying, no, like, that is not what you need. What you need is to be filled with the fullness of God. And that somehow, that that is the key to answering all that. Um, I also thought it's very, uh, I'll share with you sort of my my experience with this. Um, I I also thought it's very timely because, and for those of you who who go to Friday Night Bible Study, you you hear me say this every time, right, because it's true. Um, I always find that when, for instance, we go to like Friday Night Bible Studies, the Lord, what the Lord speaks to us that week it's like perfect, right? It's like the exact word of what you need for that week, for that moment, not just individually, but even as a group. It's almost like the Lord knows exactly what needs to be spoken and he gives you exactly that word. It's like, cannot be more timely. And so, I, I think it, it actually, it, does, it transcends age, right? It, it doesn't matter whether you're a junior high, seventh grader, a high schooler, a college student, or someone who's working, I, I, I do believe the Lord has a timely word for us. And that somehow, being filled with the fullness of God is the answer. Is the answer to what we are dealing with right now, at this very moment. And not just individually again, but corporately. Um, so, I, I don't know about you, um, when you think about the theme, uh, being you know, the fullness of God, right? What was your first reaction? Um, I'll tell you that... Uh, uh, well, actually, I, I, I'll tell you what I got from the other groups. So, the youngest groups, this is their response. It was like, huh? <laughs> I, I, that was exactly what they said. Like, I, I was not kidding. Um, then, there's those who are scratching their heads, question marks, Right? The high schoolers were, were getting a little fancy, like the older high schoolers, and that's, that's the way they get like really long answers, right? Very typical of high school. Um, uh, like, you know, how can it be? How do you get filled? And a lot of stuff. Um, but I'll tell you that we, when we brought this to the responsible brothers here, um, their, re- their reaction was quite interesting, too. Their reaction was like, whoa, that's huge. Like, that's a big topic. Kind of tough to share on. <laughs> Difficult for the speakers. Daniel would probably agree. Uh, that's <laughs> it's like, oh, this is big stuff. Um, and in a way, I think it is true. Right? Because when you think about the fullness of God, it is a massive topic because God is massive. Like we heard from Dana, right? macroscopic um, Christ. Um, and it's like peeling the onion, right? Just when, just as we think that he's like this and then he becomes bigger and you find another layer, you find another layer, uh, which is great. Um, but um, the part that touches me the most is, and as much as that is the case, he wants us to have that fullness, to enter into that fullness. And that actually is the burden, is my burden today, right? Is, are we entering into that fullness? Um, but not just to, are we entering, but are we having, do we have the desire, even, to enter into that fullness? Um, I think this, these are the kind of questions that um, 
a lot of the younger ones struggle with. And frankly, you know, if we're being honest, maybe even us older ones, right? <laughs> maybe we, we sometimes struggle with that too. Which is, I always, you know, we have heard messages before, right? Where we talked about, you know, all things are going to be summed up in Christ. And, you know, the Father is glorifying the Son. And then, you know, we're in Christ and sharing His glory. Uh, we're going to be reigning with Him. I mean, we heard all that sort of in bits and pieces here and there before. And sometimes, then you look at that, you're like, wow, that sounds great. And then you have the, well, but right now, in my practical daily life, I'm dealing with this mess. And then it's like, how does this lofty stuff have to do with this stuff that I'm dealing with? And a lot of the young people have that struggle, which is why when they hear this, they're like, I don't know how to apply this. It's not practical enough. Um, and so they don't, they don't really see the connection. And, and part of it is also maybe because sometimes we don't understand. Um, because when you think about you know, all those things, right? I mean, the one that I was dealing with, with, with myself, with the Lord, uh, and I shared this at Flushing at some point before, was like this matter of reigning with Christ, right? It's like, what does that really mean? Like, you know, how do you reign? You know, do you boss people around? Is that how? Or, or, or if everyone is reigning, then who's left to be reigned over, right? I mean... So, uh, you know, you have these unanswered questions. So, in some ways, it sounds about right when we hear these, but it remains somewhat mysterious. And with my own experience is that sometimes I think when it's a little mysterious like that and we don't fully understand, we give ourselves excuses. Because I'm sure, like, I'll give you an example. I think, like, we have kind of unfortunately started to become a very skeptical uh, generation, right? Uh, who, 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 has, who has shopped at Amazon? before everyone right and and if you if you're a guy right and you're looking for a piece of electronic and you're shopping off amazon what do you do well you look at the specs right and in fact now you they make it so easy they have these tables now that compares all the specs what features this one has this this one doesn't have this check check no check oh this one's better right so you know that and then what else do you look at you look at reviews right you look at oh you know what, what do people say what are the reviews how many stars are there oh but i'm smarter than that i look at the one stars to see if they're outliers that's paying <laughs> we're paying attention what the, what did the one star say ah uh, um, we also look at you know is it prime eligible because i pay 130 bucks for that right and we're going to make sure it's two day delivery so, you know, until you've done all that, then you don't feel like you can actually cl- click buy, right? Because, you know, like, well, I haven't gone through all that, I haven't compared the whole thing yet, and so I can't make a decision. And sometimes I wonder if, if we are kind of becoming like that too, right? When it comes to the things of the Lord, that maybe we don't have the full understanding, and then we're basically saying to the Lord, well, uh, you haven't given me all the information, I, I can't decide. You kind of have to show. You have to kind of explain the whole thing to me, and until you do, well, too bad. I, I can't get too serious because I don't understand it. I'm waiting for you, Lord. Right? Show it. Show it to me. Prove it to me. Again, it may not be you, but that was a little bit kind of at some point how I felt. And what the Lord pointed me to was the story of uh, Caleb in the Old Testament, right? Where, I mean, a quick refresh of it is, of course, uh, the story of Exodus, the children of Israel leaving Egypt to the land of Canaan because God told Moses that, you know, I heard you cry, I'm going to bring you to this land, land, good and large land, uh, flowing with milk and honey. And, of course, what happened is 10th plague, and in the 10th plague, you know, the, after that, the Egyptians kicked them out, they left Egypt, went through the Red Sea, went through 
a 500-mile journey uh, to the land of Canaan. And then at that point, what did they do? Well, they sent the 12 spies, right? And as we know, Joshua and Caleb were two of the 12. So Caleb was one of them. And they spied the land for 40 days. They came back. What happened? Um, well, we know Joshua and Caleb, uh, the two, were the ones that said, great, good land. Ready, let's, what are we waiting for? Let's go take it right now, right? Good land. Um, what did the other ten say? Well, the ten said, mm, no good. Uh, yes, they got, they got, you know, it's a good land, right? Great fruits. Yes, all that, all true. But they got missiles and tanks and guns and giants, maybe, right? So mm, I don't think we can do it. And who did the people listen to? Of course, the ten, right? And then so the Lord told the, 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 that generation that, well, since you disobeyed me, uh, I'll pass on judgment, and none of you are going in except Joshua and Caleb, right? And so 40 years later, they were wandering in the wilderness. All of that old generation that disobeyed God, they passed away. And it is only Joshua and Caleb, as God promised, that remained. And, of course, we know that Joshua led the children of Israel, and they enter into the land of Canaan, and the rest, we kind of know that story. Um, so this part, I think we're we're familiar with. And... I thought it was um, interesting how, when you think about Caleb, um, the story of Caleb, his, um, you can tell from his words that actually from the very beginning, right, um, he knew that God gave that promise that I heard you cry, I'm going to bring you to this land, to this good and large land, a land full of milk and honey. And it is one where, um, I mean, if you look, I don't think God said, much more than that, really, right? It's just it's a good and large land, land full of milk and honey. So now, if you put yourself in Caleb's shoes, right? So if I were to tell you now, if I were to tell you, hey, I'm going to bring you to this country. It's going to be an amazing country, full of abundance, all the jobs you want to find, right? It's a good place. Let's go. What would you think? You would probably like, Wow, that sounds kind of sketchy. Like, you know, what, what, what country is this? Like, how far is it? Like, tell me more. I don't have enough information. I mean, can you imagine? So, I mean, Caleb could easily be thinking about that too because it's not like God said a lot. That's all God kind of said. But it was also very evident from his words and his testimony that even before he even got to the land, he already believed God that this is a land that is very good and that God wanted him to possess it. He already, he was like fully convinced of that, right? And, and if, you, if, you, um, if you take a look at the uh, 10 spies, right? How, what did they do, right? Of course, they were the Amazon shoppers, right? They were like very skeptical, like until you show me more, oh, I don't know. But what is the real issue here? I think Hebrews chapter 4, and you don't have to turn to it, I can read to you. I think Hebrews chapter 4, the Bible actually tells us exactly why they reacted that way, right? Which the word said that the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Not mixed with faith. So we see somehow the issue here is where's the faith? And what's most interesting to me is you know, when it comes to this matter of the fullness of God, I almost feel like that the Lord is saying, is what we need more knowledge? Or is what we need faith? 
And um, I don't know why I have this picture in my mind, but I, uh, you know, if you imagine this for a second, right? That imagine you know me for a long time, and some of you do, right? But you know, imagine you know me for many years. I know you, you know me. We're great friends, right? And I say to you, hey, I got you something great. I got you something real special, just for you, right? What would you be feeling? What would you be thinking? You'd be like, oh, that's that's good. What you got? I, I, what, what what you got? And I almost wonder sometimes that, you know, if our friends were to say that to us, that we think that that is more real and that it is something truly desirable, even more so than if God say the same thing to us, that I, I want to give you something that is tremendous, the fullness of my life. And that somehow, and by the way, it's not an if, he did, right? He did say that. But somehow that seems less real in some ways than things of this world that we kind of face and deal with right now, where even things that, you know, like a, a friend would offer that to you. And, and almost to the point where I wonder sometimes if we are being, you know, if we were having a real talk about this, that if we're being honest, I wonder sometimes if our reaction to the Lord's, you know, I have this gift for you, that our sort of reaction in reality is more like, uh, okay. Uh, is, is, there, is, there, is there a real desire and the belief that this is, wow, this is really of tremendous value. This is something that is ma- magnificent that the Lord has given us and that I believe that that I really do. And so somehow the Lord brought me back to salvation, right? Like, I mean, I don't know about you, but like, I think back to how I was saved. I was thinking, you know, was I saved because I have mapped out Genesis to Revelations like Daniel did, right? And I got the whole thing figured out, the eternal purpose of God. I figured every piece of it out. I know how it all works. And now, okay, got it. I am ready to be saved. So I decided that I'm going to get saved today. Like, was that ha- what happened? Or was it more that the Lord showed us a glimpse of his words and his love? And even in the, through the little glimpses of it, that in simple faith, we believe that. And that was sufficient. And why is it that then when it comes to this matter of the fullness of God, somehow we get into the mode of, you know, well, God, you kind of have to prove it to me. Uh, I need more information. Whereas, where is the simple faith? Now, don't get me wrong, right? Because I, I don't mean then, therefore, you know, we don't need to seek the Lord about the Bible, what the Bible says about the fullness of God, or getting a revelation from Him. But the question really is, brothers and sisters, is that a prerequisite? Right? Are we waiting for that to happen before we make the decision to say, you know, Lord, I believe, I truly believe in all my heart. Because I think what happens is if we don't embrace it by simple faith to begin with, which is why I, I think actually through Ephesians you see through faith being the, sort of the conduits throughout. But, but without that, right, even though when the Lord were to give you that revelation, and even if the Lord were to show you through his words, it may fall flat exactly like what happened with the Israelites. So where is that simple faith? Now... I think it goes beyond that because what you find in Caleb's example 
is when there is the faith that truly believe that this is something that he is going to get from God and that God is giving him something that is the absolute best. He really believed that. That there came a desire as well. right? And let me up it a little bit. It's not even a desire. I would say it is a passion. It is a fire in his heart. That this is his pursuit. And, and I think... When I think of like pursuit, I think like we all have our pursuit, and and you know depending on the time, we're all pursuing different things, right? Like sometimes you 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 get into really get into exercising, right? and then all of a sudden you're like you know exercising like nonstop every day, and you're like ha ha feeling good, right? And then three three months later, it's like okay that sort of you know faded, and then you move on to the next thing, you know um, happens all the time. But you know it could be a job, right? It could be a job that we're pursuing. Um, or something in the job where you're chasing a promotion, right? Um, I don't know what your pursuit is. Um, maybe we're in the process of dealing with a house. Maybe it's a car. It could be anything, really. And, in fact, I think one example that was shared recently by a brother here in Flushing, I thought it was a great example. You know, we talk a lot about, in this country, there's immigration. And, you know, why do people want to come to this country? I thought it's, yeah, it's quite true, right? Because... You know, people want to come because they think this is a better place to live, right? For themselves, for their spouses, for their family, for their kids, for their future. Um, but if you think about, to, to make that happen, wh- wh- wherever you're coming from, right? Where you're coming from, South America, from Asia, or wherever you are, the journey is not easy, right? And for those of us who have you know, parents, grandparents who have gone through that, you know that it requires quite a bit of working, Right? You, need, you need money, you need to work towards that, you need to plan the arrangements, the logistics. So you kinda, it's a whole pursuit in order to make that happen. And I think in Caleb's case, when you see what happened to him, that you can tell, right, even with the 40 years in between, it did not dim any of that pursuit, that fire in his heart. Like, they're, 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 if there's someone who has fire in his heart, it would be Caleb, right? Especially for Hebron, right? He really wanted Hebron. It's like, I walked there, I'm getting that. So, I mean, that fire has always been there. And you can tell that in his testimony, right? Where he was, when, once they entered the land, and he told Joshua, I'm claiming the land, right? He basically was like, you know, I have been ready every day of that 40 years. And not a day passed by that do I not think about Hebron, the land of Canaan, that this is the possession that I'm going to have. Every day I think about it. That there's that, that is his pursuit, his lifelong pursuit. That that is the desire, the fire that has been in his heart. That was the driving force to which he gets prepared every day. Because he was saying that he's 85 and he's as strong and as ready, as trained up as 40 years ago. No change. Every day. That's how he, that was the, the driving force in his life for all that time, and by the way, which was exactly the same even before he got to Canaan, right? So, I think the, in fact, we probably should go even further than that, because what that translates to is when there is this, in simple faith, we truly believe that God wants us to have the best of the best, the fullness of his life, that that's what he wants to us, that nothing in this world compares that when we truly, by simple faith, accepts that, believes that, 
and comes the desire in our heart to really pursue that, it also comes to action. Because, you know, we know the faith without work is dead, right? So there's the action on how we live, how we deal with our daily decisions, how we decide where to live, where to work, what to do. These all plays into it. And um, I find that for Caleb, it's also unique in that God uses a very special word or phrase to describe him. He called Caleb um, that he has a, a unique spirit, a different spirit. And what does that mean, right? So in the same passage, in fact, like seven times it repeated, um, it talks about how Caleb followed me fully, or wholly followed, or follow wholly, or some combination of those, right? But like seven times it repeated in Joshua 14, and also in Numbers, the same thing, um, that Caleb is the one who followed me fully. And... um, As I was preparing for this, the Lord really spoke to me about the fact that, brothers and sisters, when it comes to this matter of pursuing to enter in into His fullness, that there are no two ways. It's either we are serious about pursuing that, or we are not. Somehow we like to think that we are a little bit serious, right? But there is no such thing as a little bit serious, just like there's no, no, no such thing as being a little bit safe. So, are we or are we not serious about pursuing entering into that fullness, that it truly is a desire? And if you think about it, you kind of see why, because if you truly believe it, I mean, either you really have that desire and that it truly is your lifelong driving force pursuit, or it really kind of is not. And um, this is where I think it gets tough, because... The, the reality is, but if we are doing that, if we are living wholeheartedly in pursuit of entering into that fullness, I think what will happen, as in Caleb's example, is that we're going to get misunderstood by this world. In fact, we're going to get mocked by this world. Look at Caleb's example, right? I mean, he was about to be stoned by the people. So, you know, I don't think we get stoned today, but I think we come pretty close in some ways. Because, and, and, and by the way, this goes back to what, you know, I was telling the high schoolers. This goes right back to why God was saying that this matters to us. This matter of entering to our, our, into His fullness ties right back to this matter of, but do we have the testimony to defend our faith? Um, I mean, the world would not understand why we do certain things. And I think we're going to get challenged. But brothers and sisters, don't you sometimes find it a little bit annoying that, um, I don't know if you feel this way, but sometimes I feel like, you know, when it comes to defending our faith, it's like we're playing defense all day long. Like somehow, you know, somehow they are on the attack and we are always defending what we do, why we do what we do, why we believe what we believe. And it's always sort of on the back foot. And it's always defense. Whereas, as I was meditating upon this, I think the Lord is calling us 
But are we, shouldn't we be those who are willing to take a stand to almost basically be, I agree to disagree. That, you know what, if, if you think that's important to you, great for you, go ahead, right? But this is what I believe, by faith, what matters and what is most important, most valuable to me. And it's to pursue the Lord's fullness. Are we willing to take that stand? Because, again, right, if you do that, people won't understand. It's like, why didn't you take that promotion? Are you crazy, right? Or, wait, why did you decide to, like, you know, um, like, everything is going crazy right now. Like, why do you have such a peace? Like, people won't understand what we're going through. Um, but are we those who are willing to take a stand and say, you know what? But that is what I believe in my heart. And it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you say. You may not understand it. And frankly, sometimes we get challenged too because it's like, oh, look at your testimony. Well, your testimony doesn't reflect, the, doesn't reflect Christ. You know, who are you to say, like, I mean, why are you saying this and that when you don't even live that way? I mean, we get challenged on that all the time. But again, what is it based on, right? If by simple faith that is what we believe, are we willing to say that, you know, I'm going to take the stand that this, this is what I truly believe. I may not be perfect. I may not fully understand everything. But that's what I truly believe. And so I will stand for that. So instead of being sort of on the defense, it is a life that is forthcoming, that is proactive, which is our testimony. And, and instead of, you know, what, what maybe the high schoolers are looking for, right? Instead of words to answer back, to push back, to address these questions, it becomes, but it is the life and it is the faith that we have that comes forward. And it, again, may not be perfect, but that's okay. You can believe what you believe, but this is what I believe. And that we are willing to take that stand for what the Lord is showing us. And um, I would say also, you know, as I was thinking about this, the Lord was sort of stirring in my heart this, this, the fact that maybe, in fact, all of us, because it really, it doesn't matter how old, how young, maybe all of us at some point have indeed had that simple faith with the Lord and say, you know, I believe, I, I see something, I'm going to pursue it. Or maybe at some point we also, you know, at various conferences, you know, responded to the Lord and say, you know, I will, I will wholeheartedly pursue you, I will consecrate but maybe along the way, somehow, we got distracted. Maybe along the way, somehow, that, that faith got dimmed. And, brothers and sisters, I, you know, I don't know your situation. I don't know our situation exactly. But, again, I think that the Lord knows our situation. And this is where I feel that I don't know why or how, but the Lord is saying, but is this, is this time, is today, where the Lord is asking us to renew that simple faith in Him. To believe that He is giving us that fullness of life that nothing would ever compare. And that 
this really is our pursuit and that maybe we can rededicate ourselves to that. Um, the other thought that sort of struck me too is the fact that, you know, remember the children of Israel when they, um, when they uh, refused to enter the land. Remember what happened right after that? So, right after they refused to enter the land, of course, then the Lord said, you know, oh, then you're not going in, right? All of you are going to you know, fall in the wilderness. What did they do? They said, oh, oh we screwed up. Oh, oh let, let's go in now, immediately. Let's take the land now, right now. Let's do it. Right? And that's what they said. And, um, of course, God said, well, thanks for disobeying me the second time. I just told you not to, right? So, of course, they failed miserably. They were defeated, and then they never succeeded. And, you know, when it comes to this matter of taking that stand on what we truly believe by faith, I think the Lord is also saying that but there is also a time window to that. And he has been extremely gracious and patient with us. Right? But if you think about it, um, if it's already happening by sight, we didn't need faith. Everyone would believe that already. Right? But the Lord is saying, but there's a time to take that stand. And there's a window of time where we can take a side, take a stand on whether you believe this or whether you believe that. And what are you willing to stand for? What would you choose? Because in as much as he is very gracious and patient with us, there's a time and there's a window. And we don't want to be past the time when it's too late. So my, my concluding thought is, um, I'll leave you with this, which is, and, and I think um, Daniel kind of alluded to it earlier today. I, I think this is this journey of pursuing uh, his fullness is indeed a journey. That is not, it doesn't, it's not something that happens overnight, right? It just it is a journey. Um, I think the real question is, at least for me too, where 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 am I in this journey? Where are you in this journey? Are you still in Egypt? Are you you left Egypt? You're kind of haven't crossed the Red Sea, maybe you crossed the Red Sea, you kind of, you were going in the right direction and you're a little lost now, or maybe you were even at the land and then kind of, you know, wandered around a little bit and where are you in the journey? Um, and, and again, is the Lord tugging us at our hearts and asking where, when I return, where will I find faith on earth? And is he speaking to us? Are we coming to him in simple faith, in really believing in this fullness of life is what he wants to give us, like the land of Canaan, the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey? Do we renew our faith towards that in simple faith? Or is it that the Lord wants us to come back to him and say, Lord, I want to follow wholeheartedly. Maybe I kind of got lost a little bit. So, why don't we close with a word of prayer. I want to 